Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Yo, what's up? It's Freddie Kraft. You're listening to the Door Bumper Clear. Today we're covering everything that went down in Darlington, including Truex versus Elliott, Chastain versus Hamlin, and Fontana turning into a short track. Plus, our new favorite NASCAR fan, Bernard Pollard, is back, and we'll see what he's been up to. Here we go. Nobody's listening, but I don't care. I'm on an episode of Door Bumper Clear. I'm TJ Majors. This is Brent Griffin. Hey, me too now. This is Freddie Kraft. Get ready. Be ready. Be ready. Give me what you got here. Hey everybody, I'm TJ Majors, it's part of the 22 Cup car, the winning over Freddie 99 truck. <laughs> Dang, Freddie, how you give that away? Easily. I, I did not give it away. Block the bottom. Poor crap. No. No, I was... We were... <laughs> I said, we're in the middle of one or two. I said, you're clear. Just get to t- take the way of top off the exit. Yeah. And next thing I know, I was looking at the nose of the truck. He was dead sideways. I'm like, he was hanging a left oh, off the corner. Larry. Yeah, because he was trying. He always, like all day long, he would try to pick the throttle up way too soon in the middle of one or two. And it just get that big, like tight, 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 snap yeah. free. And that's exactly what happened there. He just tried to, just tried to, you know, get too much off of two, got tight, snap free, and let TJ just drive on by on the outside. I was like, oh. God, Brett Griffin, spotter for Clint Boyer. I listened to that race on the radio. That counts. Was it exciting? Appreciate it. Yeah. Well, they were they were just hyping up the fact that Krause had to win to get in the playoff, and that you know he he pretty much choked. He got a he got a good restart. Yeah. That. Yeah. It was a close almost. That little son. Twelve since like twelve years old. I've been spotting for him. So I was I was hoping he got a win there, but he didn't. Freddie Kraft, what's up? Uh, Spotter for Bubba Wallace. Uh, Derek Krause, second place truck, unfortunately, Loser. uh, had Jeffrey Earnhardt this week and we got, uh, so no Casey, Casey has, uh, nope. finally motor was born motor, Amana, yeah. Roya. I mean, I, I can't remember what the name is, but, uh, Amana, we've got Hannah Newhouse back in the house. What's up, Hannah? Yeah, I'm excited to be back. And again, uh, for the actual name, congratulations to Casey and Chad, uh, Chloe Grace Boat Who's Chloe? is the actual name. Nothing that you guys came up with. So <laughs> that's, that's Brett. So I'm hurt. Listen, I know we Chloe, have Chloe. We, Chloe we have boat to we've, we've, down the stream. <laughs> still works, guys. We've got to. We've got to. We've got to give Hannah a little bit of a hard time here, Brett, because I know you know rule number one is obviously don't be a pansy. 
And rule number two is don't forget rule number one. I think rule number three is is never tell on yourself. And Hannah did that this Hannah, week. Hannah, I mean, I was, we've got to talk to her about this. Yeah, was, hey, Hannah, we sponsored you last week, and the sponsors were coming to the table. If you're going to suck, don't tweet that you suck. <laughs> okay. See, here's the deal, guys. I'm not a race car driver anymore. I'm I, I talk for a living. Okay. We can relate. We can relate to the talking for a living. Yeah, but honestly, we're, Hannah, we are all race car drivers here, and we talk for a living too. And, Just ask us. And <laughs> Freddie and I haven't paid you yet, so your sponsor hasn't, you know, paid you officially. Mm. So, like, you can't be tweeting that you suck. You gotta <laughs> right. Well, I have two more weekends, so wait. maybe I won't suck the next two. Blame it on somebody else, like the cup drivers do, and you'll be fine. Yeah, and stop eating that cupcakes for breakfast we just saw you eating. Jeez, <laughs> bagel. <laughs> no wonder you fell out of the seat. What are TJ's you eating? On I'm just one. kidding. Can I just mute him. Yes, I've can. had an energy drink this morning, so I'm. I was uh, gonna say, <laughs> you have spoke more in the last like five Sorry. minutes that you have been in All the right, studio. All right, I'll be quiet now. You have in four episodes. I've worked with you. <laughs> I was. I, it was. It was fun to follow your adventure, though. So it was exciting to see. And I actually, I thought you actually ran pretty good. So. Do you do? Is it again this weekend? Fun to follow my adventure, but TJ TJ's face is the only one not on it. Uh, because he's the only one cheap, yeah. cheap well, and give you a hundred dollars. No, I, well, what good's your face doing? Nobody can see it. Everyone's in front of you. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They're all a little scared. Uh, are, are you racing this weekend? Or is yeah, it and scattered? next weekend. Okay. So it's next two in a row. Yep. So are what was Garrett Smithley doing to help you out? I know he was there. He was texting me updates. Um, or was that's he a just great watching? Question. Kind of just watching. <laughs> that's a great question. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't I think mean, I he was trying to help. Either. He raced. This is the same truck he raced a couple weeks ago. So um, he's he's. How did he do? The liaison that got me in the truck that introduced me to the guy that owns the truck and that stuff. So oh, cool. How did that- Garrett do though? Did he do any good? Yeah, he won. Oh. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. I didn't know Garrett could win. Well, he's won over a hundred late miles. <laughs> what kidding. was it? I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just saying. Who's though, the owner of the truck? Wins. Is James that, Edwards. Yeah, is that, that's James saying. Edwards. He's a spotter. He's he does some stuff with, uh, and I mean, he's done some stuff with me, some stuff with Garrett, non companion stuff. He's done my second spotter work when I was he doing. He must Garrett. make a lot more money spotting than I make if he's owning no a truck. No kidding, man. I don't own a truck. <laughs> Jeez, I don't know what he does. For so a if this is another, I mean, this sounds like a perfect truck for. Uh, you know, like the, we could all get in there. Yeah, I mean, what are we doing here? It sounds like sounds Hannah. Like, we're gonna need money back. We gotta get our own. We gotta yeah. get our own. Yeah, stuff Hannah, I would pay to watch uh, that happen. So, is there a bigger seat at the shop for Freddie? <laughs> <laughs> they got a love seat over there somewhere. Like, <laughs> we got a lazy boy. <laughs> so I, I, I offered up a hundred bucks to sponsor Hannah, and I volunteered Freddie that he was going to get in on the deal, and we actually suggested that that TJ, you know, kind of partake in this. And Hannah, did he ever reach out or anything? Nope. Until yesterday, I did reach out yesterday. yesterday. Yeah, yesterday he goes, he goes, hey, uh, so I have an idea, and it's not my face, uh, so I have an idea, but I'm thinking oh, yeah. about it. I've so got I'll a really good idea. No, I've got, uh, <laughs> no, I still have no idea what his <laughs> no idea is. If tells me anything. Well, when Chris Rice texted me or whatever, it was like, hey, where were you? And I, after I saw Chris Rice's face, I was actually jealous of the <laughs> that um, I wasn't involved in that deal because it was actually pretty creative and good looking. So uh, it was ex- it was don't, interesting. Don't be such a tight ass with your money. <laughs> That's oh, what man. this comes down to. Shoot, man. I, I, did, I just got 100 out of him, so I I'm going to give him a break. Uh, yeah, I just spent your 100. <laughs> I'm sorry that I tell you that. I spent your 100 on a football pool with Freddie. So uh, if I win, I'm in. Life, so if I win, okay. I'm – hey, how do you win in that? Am I <laughs> – <laughs> if I win, I'll give you a percentage of – 
Ugh. Even Mike Davis put up some money. Door Bumper Clear's new logo's on the back of the truck, too. Yeah, it's See? a sweet we have new, a new logo? logo, too. Oh, you should have tweeted yeah. as much as you did that other car you ran last week. <laughs> could have made Hannah famous. We could have been, You could have been in a cup car. This You actually probably have a chance to get in the 77 this week if you want. <laughs> Dude, me and everyone else. But that the truth? that's a lot of laps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no <laughs> We've got a uh, relief driver on standby. So, so for those who don't know, this is what happened. Hannah uh, tweeted that she was going to run a race. Freddie and I stepped up to the plate to, to garner some sponsorship for her. Then others jumped on board with it, and including Dirty Mo Media, right? So, boom, here we are. We're racing. Hannah goes out. She runs fourth, and the first thing she does when she gets out of the truck is she tweets <laughs> that she fe- fell out of the seat. And the TJ's making fun out of her for eating pancakes this morning and basically saying it's because she's eating too much syrup and pancakes. So, Hannah, we got to get it together that we're back this week. Let's go out there and do better than fourth, and let's go get a win. Don't you worry. I've already been in the gym twice this week, yeah. so I have four more days. I'll get you, you on know, my to get peak performance. I'll get you on my workout program. We'll get this straight. Hey, it's cooling. Okay. It's cooling off too, though, so that'll help some. Freddie maximizes oh, yeah. left side weight with his workout program. <laughs> <laughs> this thing's gonna turn like a son of a. <laughs> yeah, that, I'm that, gonna fall out in ten laps, but it's gonna turn it's gonna for all ten of them. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to worry about tungsten falling out of Freddie's truck. <laughs> Freddie is the tungsten. <laughs> But in all seriousness, too, like, there's a lot of listeners when you guys did this of Door Bumper Clear that kind of rallied together for this. So, big shout out to them. I appreciated it because it, it all kind of crowdfunded is how it all came yeah, together. Yeah, you should have done, so. like, a GoFundMe or something. It was called yeah, Brett. Had, it was called Brett Funder. <laughs> it was called Brett Funder, pretty much. Yeah, Brett just rallied the troops. It was super cool. Power. But on that note of last week, was on standby just in case Casey had the baby a little bit early. And I must say... I'm a little salty that she didn't have the baby a little bit early because you guys had Blake Shelton on last week. Who? And yeah, who did? Who? <laughs> who did? Super jealous. Oh, banana lover. Super cool. <laughs> I think the coolest part of that, like having a chance to go back and listen to the show, is is not only is Blake one of the most famous people in America, one of the biggest names in country music right now, but for everybody that got to listen, like they truly got to see how big of a NASCAR fan and race fan that Blake Shelton is. I mean, he brings a lot of perspective to the sport, obviously a huge name in entertainment. He knows what it's like to go out there and put on a show, but like to just go back and really hear how much he loves the sport has been a part of the sport for almost 20 years. I mean, when you go back to when Elliot and I met him and uh, man, I just thought that part of it was probably the coolest for me. As far as him, you, you didn't have to wonder whether or not he knew what was going on or like he had full blown opinions and full blown, Hey, you guys need to be doing this. And I thought that part of it was probably the biggest shocker for me. Yeah. You know I mean? We've, we've obviously, I've known that through you, for many years that he listens on the radio and you know um you know just you see these celebrities come into sport and it's kind of like you know this guy's the grand marshal and a lot of times you know i remember like i think it was peyton manning like came wave the green flag for the race and then he was gone you know pretty early like right away you know yeah. what i mean so a lot of these celebrities come in and they're oh yeah we're fans but like blake is tuning in probably as often as he possibly can he's listening on the scanner like you guys are at home i mean he's super invested in the sport yeah i think it's it's cool to see a guy like that just pays attention, man. Like on his own time, no one would have thought that um, that you know a guy like Blake Shelton on his own time sitting there watching NASCAR race. So yeah, really cool of him to to reach out and want to come on um, and just be involved in it, man. I think it's uh, and it's, it's awesome. still texting me literally as of yesterday about how's it going, how's the numbers, how do we do? Like he's uh, <laughs> such a competitive dude, but uh, obviously a treat for you guys to to have him on. A treat for us. 
uh, treat for Dirty My Media. Now, I never got a, a text or anything from you know Dell Jr. or Mike Davis thanking me for having the biggest name they've ever had on this show, but uh, I know they were listening. <laughs> uh, and, and obviously, so are the means you guys. So thank y'all for uh, thank y'all for all the support. It's it's things like supporting Hannah when she goes to run a truck. Uh, things like the text that I got and tweets I got after Blake was on, going, "How does he listen every week?" And I'm like, "That's man, it's crazy how many people don't realize there's an app for yeah, that. You can do that literally. So like to be able to go out and 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 kind of share that and broadcast that out to more people. I mean, that's what that throws the sport is, is awesome too. I use it during the Xfinity races myself. It is. So easy to switch channels. Uh, coming from a kid that went to the racetrack in the early 90s and you had to go purchase this rent a scanner or purchase the sheet that had all the frequencies on it so you could go program your own. Now we sit there on our couch and we tap two buttons on our phone and we're listening to an in-car audio. Or the or the NASCAR broadcast, like the MRN NASCAR radio. Like you can yeah. literally hear what's going on. So, And I'm talking, TJ, like, a lot of times, minutes before it's shown on TV, which as a fan, I love that. Oh, I know what's happening. Like, I, we, we use a streaming service. We're a few seconds behind. I can tell when there's a wreck because of what's going on the radio. It, it's really close. So check that app out See, for sure. and I usually, I usually use, like, my scanner, too, when I'm down on pit road. And now that we have better phone service at the racetrack, and it's sad to say because there's not as many people there, I actually have really good phone service. So I've done away with my scanner, and I just use the app anymore. Like, I'm down on pit road because wow. it's so much easier to click people's names on the app. It's so easy. And it, it's a little delayed compared to just being there with my actual scanner. Yeah, it's a few seconds, but half but the time like I bad. can't find people's frequencies. It's like being able to do it on the app is so much easier. It's 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 been awesome. So it scans channel one and together. two, so you got to <laughs> – some of the things that are said on them channels aren't all on channel one, by the way. You, some of them, yeah. aren't, but you can't tell the difference. <laughs> no. um, but by the way, Hannah, I meant to tell you, um, I oh, actually boy. have a um, Planet Fitness uh, membership, <laughs> and I have a, a black card which allows me to take a friend. So if you want to go, we can go over there. This In is, all seriousness, TJ, when is the last time you went to the gym? Uh, I don't even know if I've been to Planet Fitness, but. <laughs> <laughs> I've got two. I've got two little gyms at home that ride their bikes and run outside every day, so that helps a little. They ride the bikes, not you. I ride my electric scooter. What do you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man! All right. Anyways, you guys went to Darlington this weekend. We already know how Freddie's Darlington went. Um, how about the rest yeah. of you guys? Freddie, how'd yours go? What happened? I don't even know. Like, so <laughs> I saw you making pit stops behind the wall. And so bang. yeah, we uh, obviously lost the damn race on the last lap of Kraus, so that didn't start my day very well. And then uh, even Saturday, my guy pounded the fence in. Like, uh, who was it leaking? Moffitt, I think. Oh, yeah, two it was Moffitt. knocked the rear end plug or something out. And, and poor Johnny Davis. This guy, the only thing Johnny Davis wants out of the whole weekend is his cars not to get wrecked. Like, he don't care if they finish 30th, 31st, 32nd, as long as they're straight. And Dude, we have a restart. A bad weekend. We have a restart, <laughs> and it's it's three Johnny Davis cars on the top lane. It was um, Colby Howard in the 15, Jeffrey, and I forget who, uh, Ryan Vargas, I think, was in the 6. And right in front of us, the 02 starts leaking, and all three Johnny Davis cars go in the corner and pound the fence because they slid in oil. I'm like, oh, my God, Johnny's going to have a heart attack. So whatever, that day's done. Next day, so then loser ace, and then you destroy three know, cars, give a win away. I don't know what happened. So Bubba, still to this, I, I haven't talked to him since a couple days ago, but he went in the corner, and he was like, oh, God, it's breaking. And then all of a sudden, it spun out. And he's like, I don't know what that was. He said, it was almost like I stepped on the clutch. He said it was it just like the motor cut off, and then it reengaged and spun me out. He's like, I don't know what was going on there. And so they went in the garage, fixed it. I thought maybe something with the locker was broken. 
because um, it was only happening in three and four because they're completely out of the throttle in three and four. One and two was fine because they're you know part throttle at least most some of the time, and uh, came in, fixed it, went back out twenty laps later, did it again. My, like, my favorite part of the race was when you stayed out on old tires to be on the front <laughs> row at Darlington, and I was like. Hey, this guy had been real fast all night. Oh, I usually don't. Yeah. I try not to say a lot, you know, in them situations. I think I might have said, like, what the f is he thinking? Well, of? we oh, were what? counting cars, and I'm trying to figure out where we're starting, so I know where to count. Here's, like, here's oh, what 43, I, that's great. Here's, so here's where you guys screwed up, though, because you're banking on me being so bad. You all took the bottom, and Jimmy Jam took, th- like, third in line behind me and came out of there third because we weren't that bad. We were only on six lap tires, and what happened was we did it the first race. And we had a net gain of like it was the same thing, almost the same exact situation. Like seven or eight laps, we started on the pole that time versus starting second or you know fourth on that restart. So we we went from like running twentieth to running like tenth or eleventh, and then pit and got back and, and and kept our track position all night. Where the other night we were in a little more traffic, car wasn't as good. Yeah. So we you know just Darlington's taking a shot. Narrow. It's narrow too though, so it's easier to get. Yeah. It's easier to cover some air there and and. Uh, I thought you were trying to hit pit road or something when you spun out. No, it that just, caution it came out at the complete wrong. Was it the right time or wrong time for you? Every every caution was the wrong time for me. I yeah, didn't it, catch one it break. Put on us cautions. like it put us like from sixth or seventh something like that to like seventeenth, and yeah. I was like, oh, no, yeah. I was actually well, that's what that's we, we knew that was going to do. That we actually spun out on purpose. I know. Screw that's up. what I was. Just, I was like, pay, that's another payback from the, the Daytona race. We, I looked we, at Freddie, and he was just like. <laughs> <laughs> Flipping them off. Before Hannah takes us into this into this thing, uh, we got to give a shout out to our buddy DBC listener, former guest Timmy Hill oh, is yeah. pregnant. Timmy's not pregnant. Tim, Timmy's not pregnant, but his wife is. We got a little heel on the way. Yeah, they're married. <laughs> they're married. There's where we come. Are just, we naming this kid too? <laughs> well, well, like you used to know that drivers were married. Now they all popping these kids out without getting married, like Tom Brady. You can't keep up I with who's married say, and who ain't. I, yeah, John, John Hunter, Hunter Nemechek is pregnant. They're having a baby too. John Hunter's pregnant. John? Yep, John Hunter's having a kid too. <laughs> is he married? Mm, they're engaged. engaged. So we got. I think all these kids. Right. Reddick had a baby, and now all these young whipper snapper. We're getting old. So, I mean, Timmy Hill's kid. I mean, he's, he might be taller than you like three or four I, months in. He's going to come out taller, <laughs> yeah. taller than TJ. Timmy's kid's already selling insurance, man. It's not even out yet. It's selling insurance. <laughs> uh, how did you guys do, Darlington? Though? We already covered how bad my well, weekend after was. After you boned us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, nah, we just we didn't have a top two car or whatever. We were probably a fourth, fifth place car. We had decent speed, but just... Hard to get the track position. We didn't start on the best. Uh, we had to start back a little way. So I think we started like 17th or 18th or something. But just quiet night. Well, not really quiet after that one restart. We had a lot of, we had some damage to I fix. Just, what, your car looked like it was in a demolition derby by the time well, Corey, I left. Corey, <laughs> the train, the Trump train <laughs> <laughs> ran over our, ran over the back of our car. Uh, you know, everybody is stacked up there. And it, usually in the back, it's super hard to get. It's super hard. To, it's narrow there too. Yeah. So, TJ you know, finally said something funny on this show. <laughs> Only took four years. <laughs> the uh, Trump train. That's awesome. It, it was moving, and uh, and then um, you I didn't think, have Antifa on your back bumper, did you? I'm not even sure we had a back bumper after that, but uh, it knocked our quarter pan off. Luckily, the tire wasn't rubbing. And we didn't have to pit. I was from surprised because what I, I like the way it was curled under. I'm like, there's no way it's not going to cut. Usually, when you knock the left rear left uh, rear quarter panel forward, it it's usually into the tire because it had. We had a little parachute over there for that run because you could see it sticking out the left side. So but, did you go back and look at the Trump train's data? 
I didn't need to see the data. It was spraying out the radiator. <laughs> <laughs> it was spraying out the top of the hood when he came in the next lap. So, um, yeah. The data says that started up in the top four. That's all I know. Oh, was that one of those restarts that somebody didn't go? No, it's a restart where somebody went and the guy in front of him didn't go. And then he, the guy that went checked up and then everybody behind him had to check up. Because we had one restart where the leader flat out did not go. Like he waited, waited. Was that that restart? Waited. Man, I can't tell you. But That's we, the only restart I remember being. We like, had a restart where they went extremely late and we were extremely slow going. And I'm screaming, check up because you know something's going to happen. Yeah. That's the same uh, thing that happened on that restart. Man, we, we were running top 10 in the first stage, going to get a few points, and a caution came out and, and screwed us. And then we were going to be fine. We ended up running, you know, eighth or ninth there in the second stage to get some points. And we were going to be fine. We were, we were trying to do it on one stop, whereas a lot of guys like Harvick were trying to do it on two. And, you know, they threw the caution uh, for sheet metal down the back. <laughs> Clint lost his ever-loving mind. Yeah. And uh, that screwed us, man, because we were going to be running like fifth or sixth based on the way we were going to cycle – and we ended up coming out, like TJ said, on a, on a different uh, yellow 16th, which yeah. it was extremely uh, – look, we did have tire fall off. We did have some passes for the lead. But, man, I sure would have loved to seen us have that 200-horsepower package. Were you in front of me at that point? Uh, I don't think you were in front of me. I man, think you, we, you and I kept us. flip-flopping all night. I we were never were around each other. We'd us. go a couple, three spots in front of and behind each other. And you sometimes got in front was, of me, and then we would catch you, and it'd take us a little bit to get around. And then you and the you and the one or the 18 had a heck of a race there for a little while. Yeah, and just, I don't you know. You and the 18. I, I, I look at that place, and, and I look at how hard it was to pass, and I'm like, man, give us 200 more horsepower when we go back here next year. Give us the 750 package for this racetrack because it's so fun. We got tire fall off. Guys are slipping and sliding around. But, holy cow, was it hard if, to pass. If only there was, like, a good race there this weekend that they could base it off of. Uh, oh, there wasn't one? The, uh, the Xfinity race wasn't oh very good? God. I mean, that Xfinity race is the, – the last couple times there, it's been an incredible race. Like, I don't I don't know. Like, we'll talk I, about it a little bit. Yeah. I guess. Jason Schultz is in the house. Hey, Jason. Yeah, hey, up? Jason. Thanks. Uh, Jason, what are you doing back there? Are you, like, oh, waving a flag around? I was twirling my he mask. He just came out of here and smacked Freddie in the back of the head. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah uh, seriously. He was like, zip it, dude. He did. Well, we'll talk about that later, Freddie. Yeah. I was going to say, on that note, Freddie, my office started, later. <laughs> yeah, we, let's hear more some more about our presenting sponsor, OfferPad. Hey, by the way, I saw a couple OfferPad commercials this weekend. Did you? During the races, I believe. It's time for you, our loyal Door Bumper Clear listeners, to join thousands of happy homeowners who experience the best way to buy and sell a home. We know just the place where you can do exactly that. Log on to OfferPad.com today and begin the process of selling your current home and buying a new one. The good news is you can sell your home directly to OfferPad. First, you can provide OfferPad details about your home and request your free, no-obligation offer. Your home is special and OfferPad wants to understand exactly what makes it so special. You have the option to upload photos or take OfferPad on a 15-minute virtual walkthrough to get a more competitive offer. And look, the market's booming, Freddie. Yeah, OfferPad real estate experts work quickly. Within 24 hours, they will evaluate your home and present you with a cash offer. If the offer works for you, great. Take it and enjoy the benefits of selling directly to OfferPad, including no showings, a flexible close date, extended stay, and free local move. This is the best way to sell your home today, and you can start the entire process in just five minutes. Log on to OfferPad.com after you finish listening to us here on Door Bumper Clear. And while you're there, make sure you tell them we sent you by selecting the podcast option in the How Did You Hear About Us question. Spot on, spot off. Spot on, 
Spot on, spot off. Spot off, motherfucker. Spot off, then. I'm going spot off. Spot on, you like it. Spot off, you don't like it. And you say why either way. All right, guys. Time for spot on, spot off. That first one being... Martin Truex Jr. does not clear Chase Elliott, turns them both into wall while battling for the lead with 15 to go on Sunday. Brett, we'll start with you on that one. Spot on. I thought it was uh, extremely uh, exciting for the fans to see that. Look, I know if you're a Chase Elliott fan, it sucked. If you're a Martin Truex Jr. fan, it ultimately sucked. But these are two guys that were going for it. You know, the old Darlington, when you got position on a guy like that getting into one, he almost had to give it to you or he'd wreck himself. And, and kind of the way this package lays itself out is is Martin could hang on his right rear. And Martin might have been clear for like a split second, but by the time he took it, he obviously wasn't clear and, and took them both into the wall. Seems like to me Martin owned it after the race, unlike what a lot of people on social media said and saw. Uh, but again, man, this is two guys that are locking themselves in to transfer to the next round, try to win a race at a crown jewel of Southern 500. And, and man, I can't think of any better way for it to end, especially for Kevin Harvick, who goes out and wins the race and helps me win DBC picks. <laughs> You're so lucky. Unbelievable. So lucky. Um, I'm going to go spot on, man. Two guys going for the win, man. That's the end. Whoever gets out front right here is going to win the race. It's the end of the race already. So you had a guy trying to hold off a faster car. What better ending is that already? Um, you know, you got the most popular driver leading, trying to hold off Martin, who's no Martin's been known to be the guy that kind of doesn't press the issue too much. Doesn't really ever, you know, um, you know, he always seems to be on the receiving end of things like that. But Martin's going for it, man. This is I hope. I hope this is uh, – I got zero issues with – even if it was us on the outside, the guy's going for the win, man. You know, and it, like you said, the Southern 500 is a crown jewel still. That's one of them trophies that you look at and be like, man, that would be awesome to have. Like, it means something to win that trophy. And I got – I mean, Martin was going for it. So clear do, you, or not. do you think what Martin did to Chase is different than what Chase did to you at Bristol? Um, I don't think it's uh, – I don't think it's much different at all. I mean, I, two guys going, a guy's going for the win. Um, the only thing, the only issue I have with the Bristol thing is we passed Chase clean, didn't lay it, and then he run into us in the one and then cleaned us out in turn three. That kind of rubbed me wrong that we, we didn't touch him to get by him, then we just get wiped out. So. I, don't, I don't think we see anything happen at Richmond. I don't no. think, we th- think we see anything happen at Bristol. But, Freddie, if Chase Elliott doesn't make it to round two and Martin Truex does – do you think Chase pays him back somewhere? Because we've seen Chase pay people back, and you don't. And and we've talked about this before. And there's there's a lot of ways to pay people back. You know, there, you don't need to go out there and Matt Kenseth the guy in the fence. You can just run the ever living hell out of him and and cost some positions. You can make it his just make his life miserable. Um, you know, I, I I'm I kind of disagree with you guys. I I was spot off on it just for the fact that Martin had the best car all night long, and it seemed like the longer the runs went on. Martin just kept getting better. You know, he was the only one that could go out there. He was good. He run Denny down and passed Denny eventually on one, you know, when Denny came out on a pit road. Um, so like if this is the last lap, yes, I'm good. Spot on, drive it in there, do whatever you gotta do. But there's still fifteen to go. And you've just run this guy down. I was listening to it, so I, didn't, I haven't seen it yet. I mean, I saw the wreck, but I haven't seen like the process leading up to it, how much better he had been. But on TV on, on the radio, it sounded like he had been running him down. He ran him down eight car lengths and half a lap. Yeah. So I mean you're wait you're gonna be better. You got fifteen laps. Now, yeah, if, if you think this is your only shot, maybe, if you think that nine's better than you, yeah, you take that opportunity to try and do that. But I feel like you have the better car, you've had the best car all night. 
and now you the first time you get there, the first time you get a run, you take this chance and throw your night away. Um, you know, so I was I was spot off on it for that. Um, but you know, like you guys said, you got to take risks. You got to win the race. If that if he felt like that, maybe that was his only opportunity to get him. I know, know whose fault it wasn't. Mine. <laughs> and, uh, but I, hey, I can That's tell nice you that this is the old school driver coming out in Martin where there, there's a little more give and take back in the day, you know, where it used to be. Now it's more cutthroat, man. And and uh, I don't know if Darlington's a great race if this doesn't happen. Yeah. That's that's why I'm spot and you on. brought And you brought up, you know, the Bristol thing. Can Chase be mad at Martin? After what he did at Bristol, can he? Can he, what can he say to Martin? Uh, you know, you, you know, you wrecked me. Well, okay, well, you wrecked Joey. Like, yeah. can, can Chase be mad at this? You know, the, the people. There's I just always, more guys joining the club. Man. Yeah, oh, I always, I always the rooms filling up with me. <laughs> I always try to do that. You know, with like the kids that I've helped with like modified stuff. You know, the way their parents look at stuff. Wreck. You know, well, they, yeah, they help wreck people. <laughs> but like, you know, you wreck somebody wrecks you. You they hate that guy. But then you, their son does it to somebody else. Oh well, yeah. it was a mistake. Well, it can't be. It's got to be one or the other. You know, yeah. it can't be both. So Martin's uh, not a dirty driver. No. Chase is not a dirty driver. They're just, just hard racer. They're racing hard. But I do got to say that my neighbor, a couple houses down, is uh, the motor tuner on Martin's car, and his wife bought uh, some flags for his mailbox. And um, ever since she's bought that flag, <laughs> the <laughs> checker flag, they have not had any luck. <laughs> She she puts it out whenever uh, they win or we win, and uh, I think we gotta throw that flag out. <laughs> I think it needs to go because we are Steal not. It. Yeah, neither one of you. Yeah. All right. Second one is Clint Boyer's team misses two lug nuts on the final pit stop. They opt not to pit again and accept a crew chief suspension for Richmond. We'll go backwards. Freddie, go ahead and start this one. I mean, spot on. You can't pit there. You can't. You can't give up. The, you're in the middle of this points battle. You're kind of clinched down there near that cutoff line of the top 12. So you can't just sacrifice whatever it was going to be, what, 10 points? I'm not even sure where you were running at the time. Maybe, but Maybe more. Um, you know, and, I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, you lost Johnny, who's a big deal. This day and age, uh, you're not really losing your crew chief much. I mean, there's enough technology where he's he's going to be in constant communication with the pit box. Oh, and, and you just happen to have a champion crew chief you can pull out of the bullpen to stick on the box this week. So it's not – I mean – Obviously, it's not an ideal situation, but it's not as a bad a penalty as you think it is. Uh, spot on for the uh, smart call on that because, like you said, guy's still going to pretty much call the race. Um, you know, be involved heavily involved in all the decisions with that car. You can't throw away them points right now. You can't um, can't do it, man. You're, we're racing. The last month, we've been racing our tails off for one point, and you can't afford to give away multiple points in a in a deal like this, but eh, got to get them lug nuts tight. I think the hard part is, you know, you know, we knew we had two lug nuts off and it's like, okay, do we come in and fix it and give up the track position, give up the points? But that's not the reality. The reality is, is this wheel going to make it? And, and that was the thing at the end of the race, you know, Clint called me after the race. He was like, man, you wouldn't believe how bad that thing was shimmy and getting into one. And so at that point you're just pedaling the car, trying to finish the race. So, it was uh it was a bit hairy, man. I mean, because if we obviously if the wheel falls off or the hub breaks or anything else, we're gonna wreck and we're gonna lose even more points. So big, big, big gamble. Obviously it paid off was the right call and uh man, having uh having all that play out, it makes you nervous. Like you don't get nervous leading races, you don't get nervous blocking people at, at plate tracks, you don't get nervous and things that you know where fans think you get nervous, but when you got a wheel that you know only has three lug nuts on, it's like, uh oh, I sure hope they're in like a perfect little triangle or something. At least or, it was in th- at the end. Yeah, 
for well, sure. The you know, and we I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but I know I've had a lot of conversations with Brett about it and and Mike Herman. Do we think we need to have a stiffer penalty like for so like we're joking around about the fact that Johnny's going to call the race on us. You know, Johnny's going to be in touch with Greg the whole race. We Herm came up with this great idea, I thought, and I 100% agree with him. This is already you a know, bad idea. <laughs> stick bring this cru, bring the crew chief somewhere like the R and D center and put him in a room. Yeah, so we've, where, we've said that on to, here before. To where you put him in jail. Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, just put it's like a penalty box. You know, you yeah. put him in a box. He can watch week. He can watch the race and <laughs> and but he's there. You know, you've got his phone. He's not in contact. You know, he's got no computer contact. I mean, I think I think it's a positive for us in a lot of ways, right? Because you still get all the depth and knowledge of your engineers and Johnny throughout the week. And then when the race starts, you've got a guy who hasn't had a lot of pressure on him to call a race, Greg Zipadelli, who has a lot of obvious experience at calling a race and winning races. And it's almost like calling the race is probably easier than setting the car up. You know what I mean? So if you look at a Richmond, which is a place where Tony Stewart was extremely good at, you know, obviously there were sealers down and all that kind of crap back in the day when he was, he was running, but Greg, Greg Zipadelli knows how to win races there. So it'd be interesting to see how it plays out a place where Clint runs Royal. I think we're starting 11th and man, I just hope it's a place we can all pass for all of our sakes. Yeah, you got a guy that's on the box that's, and it's not his first time on the box this year already. He's filled in in the Xfinity series already as well. He did a race for you, didn't he? He won three out of four for yeah. Briscoe. He's already done one with you. And he you filled did. in a race for me as well. Yeah. Yep. So this is, uh, I mean, that's the depth. It's like it's like the NFL, man. You have an offensive lineman go down. You got to have that depth for another guy to plug in. And this is another. This is a guy that can do it and shouldn't miss a beat, man. I was going to say, just think there's a day coming here soon that we're not going to have penalties for missing lug nuts because we're only going to have single lugs, right? Yeah, if you're missing that nut, it's going to be a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we got to remember to bring up Denny's pit road entrance later, too. Yeah. I'm going to bring it up in DBC picks. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well, speaking of Denny Hamlin, Denny Hamlin moves uh, – or Denny Hamlin's move on Ross Chastain going into turn three – with two laps to go in the Xfinity Series race. It was definitely exciting. Um, how'd you feel about that? Did you get mad? How'd you feel about that, Did you get mad? She's not um, I did not watch the Xfinity race. Oh. You were, when you saw it, she you were racing. Like, or she was getting ready Yeah, I was racing. Mm, I was you? at the racetrack. Did it make you mad later? <laughs> no. <laughs> I cannot stand you guys. Hey, That's, <laughs> that's why lump, we get you here. Don't lump us all in together here. You're thinking the same thing we are, Freddie. Nope. We're just saying I'm it. I'm just over here, minding my own business. Oh, man. Who's going first? You. You, TJ. Man, I. this is another guy going for the win, man, faster than the guy leading, going for it. Um, maybe overdid it. You <laughs> I was going to say, I, I, he was going for it. I don't know where the hell he was going, but he was going for I it. I can't. I can't. I got to be spot off, though, because you got guys that are, you know, still racing for their – you know, their their livelihood still in the Xfinity Series here, and you're a guy, an established veteran in the Cup Series, racing for a Cup championship. I don't, you know, to to make a pass and not do anything with it, I'm fine with it, but to go in there and just blast the fence um, and, you know, take out the guy that was – like, look, Ross was driving driving his, you know, off that race. He was wheeling it, and you could it was evident – in every single corner, he was sideways trying to keep the lead and doing, and they're even trying to back him down. And Ross is like, no, I'm not <laughs> winning the race. So to see Ross get to that point without making any mistakes and still have the lead to get kind of, you know, done, you know, by a cup guy like that, um, just I'm spot off for that. 
I, I think the weird part is, and look, I have a lot of respect for both of these guys. They're they're both great race car drivers. I think the weird part is, I'm watching this race, and Denny Hamlin is the only Cup driver in the field. Obviously, he's permitted to be in the race per the Xfinity rules. But it's almost like you look at it from the Cup side, and you're like, why is this guy getting to go out and practice on the track that he's going to race on tomorrow with everything that we've got, you know, kind of at, at hand there for the first round of the playoffs? So that was kind of what stuck out at me. And then when he fits Ross. And and literally, he was on his bumper and drove him into the fence. I was like, why is he so desperate to win this race? He is a cup veteran. He has wins here. He isn't racing for his livelihood. Ross Chastain races for first on Saturday and turns around and races for last on Sunday. And Denny Hamlin took away his ability to finish first, when in reality, Denny wasn't racing for a whole lot. He's racing for a sponsor. Yeah, he's racing for the win, but this locks Ross into the playoff. It gives Ross five bonus points to help him go further in the playoffs. It may potentially help him catch second in points, which he's trying to do. Stay away from fourth in points, Noah Gragson, right? So, you know, Ross is obviously in need of a win. The sponsor's in need of a win. The team's already won three races this year with their other two drivers. A lot of pressure on Ross there. But just uh, Denny just looked desperate to me, and I can't figure out why. I don't. You know, we talked about it on here before, like pick and choose your battles. Now, you know, Ross, I don't know what he's got left, if he's got anything left on his cup schedule. But I promise you, if he comes back and he drives out of 77 again somewhere, you know, and Denny's coming up to lap him in a situation where, you know, it's not going to be easy for him to get. I mean, obviously the 77 is not going to hold him up long because just the equipment. But it's not going to be the same as everybody else where they usually just roll out, let you go, let you have the exit. You know, Ross is going to make his life a little bit difficult for that and and just the move itself was he's paid to do that i felt like it was super unnecessary like a couple laps before that he got a decent run in three and four and almost got clear and didn't and ross got the better run back up top but this time i felt like he was he had the much better run he was already three quarters away clear before and then he just dives in straight across the apron and like a couple cars too deep and i'm like oh he's never gonna make it like he slides up pounds the wall and then i hated it for ross because you know ross sees it coming the way he drove in the corner how could he not and he, and he tries to do the crossover, and right as he tries it, the thing steps out and just tank slaps the right rear and sucks him back into the wall, and that's how he ended up driving in the back of him. But it was like he had the crossover done. It was going to be good and just touched the wall and pulled him up there. But, yeah, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know that you want to be making enemies on Saturday for guys you might have to see on Sunday. 2020 summed up in the Xfinity Series is Brandon Jones has three wins this year. <laughs> but Ross, the the terrible part about it is, is Ross's Cup car is not even really fast enough to slow down. No, you know what I mean? I'm just like saying that, I mean, even... you could, you, I mean, you could still figure out ways to make it difficult. You know what I mean? I mean you know, I, I've <laughs> seen could. people do it. I just don't. You're. There was no attempt at making the corner. Actually, that that was my only. Yeah, and I didn't you think he needed to. It. I didn't think nah. he needed to do that. You know what I mean? I think nah. if he would have took his normal entry, he was going to get clear, and 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 not yeah. have to. Do the big slide up to the wall and stop. Like he I think, if just... he follows Ross into the corners, gets him a little looser than he already was, he probably drives by him anyway. But I, I mean, he'd been trying that for a while. I think. Yeah. I don't know. I just seemed unnecessary to me. And 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 like I said, you don't want to, especially him, Danny. I mean, you go, we're going into this deal. If you ask ninety percent, you know, everybody in the fan, ninety percent of them are going to say it's Danny and Harvick's year. Like this is the guys that dominate all year. So now you're going out on Saturday and making enemies that you possibly could see on Sunday. I, I just just wasn't really wasn't really a fan of that move. Speaking of moves, um, next one here, NBC moves the Xfinity Series race coverage to NBCSN with 22 laps to go for the Kentucky Derby, which did not start until 7. Were you watching it? I was not watching. I was watching it. 
I, I uh, you want me to the go? The race of the derby. <laughs> it was, I got to be spot off because I was like, okay, wait a minute. Where am I going here now? And it was right at a green flag. Like, if you're going to do it, at least kind of wait until things settle out. Like, it was like coming to the green. We took the green and it was like, it's like, like your power went out. And it's like, what am I going to watch now? Um, it was, uh, I don't know. It, it, I thought it was going to go to something like, what are we doing? Is something really going off right now? And then we flip over the audio and it was kind of like, go oh, this isn't pre-race yeah and i'm like well what's really going on here um so a little uh little tough timing i mean i get it if you got to move it but maybe a little bit better uh time rather than i mean we're closest on restarts and it was right after a restart i believe so tv is the tail wagging the dog and and nascar has succumbed to that and and, uh, and it is what it is. You know, if Big Bill was still here, would this stuff be going on? I don't know. I can't say whether or not it would be. But obviously, when you've got, you know, two sponsors invested in this sport, like Nutrinac Solutions and Sport Clips, their guys are up there battling for the win. This thing is potentially on NBC, where the ratings are double to finish the race. It, it helps you sell sponsorship. And right now, it's hard to sell sponsorship because we don't even know where we're racing next year. We don't know when we're racing there. We don't know if people can come in the garage. And, and this is a positive. This gives you a positive as part of the sport to sell sponsorship, knowing that you're on network TV with a race that's going this great to play out, right? So I'm I'm obviously spot off for that part of it. I mean, if Kyle Larson had been racing in the Kentucky Derby, maybe I'd buy into it, and he probably would have won. He wins everything else on dirt. Uh, but outside of that, I can't understand why you do this. I mean, it's obviously spot off. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't get, like, obviously you've sold advertising to this Kentucky Derby broadcast. But were, were they – did anybody watch any of it? Were they showing races, or was it just all? Because, I mean, I know the Kentucky Oaks is the big race. That's all the day before. So I don't know if they have even have, like, preliminary races before the Kentucky Derby. But, I mean, I think I feel like it's way easier to say, you know, to a Kentucky Derby fan that's tuning in at 4 o'clock for a, or 3 o'clock for a 7 o'clock race that, oh, hey, guys, look, there's 20 laps to go in this race. We're going to play the end of this race, and then, you know, we'll shift the coverage to yeah, Kentucky. Yeah, backwards. Yeah, like right now it's starting on NBC, NBCSN if you want to listen to Eddie Olchek. Give us eight you who minutes and we'll be back. Yeah, and, uh, you know, but, you know, so I don't know. It just just seemed like, uh, like Black Brett said, you know, you got sponsors, you got people. The numbers are, you go look at any of these numbers for any series that we have, you know, NBC versus NBCSN is, is it's half, basically, you know, so – you know, I, you know, I don't know, spot off for a race that started four hours later. We were going to watch pre-race instead of the last 20 laps of a hell of a race. I mean, it was. Well, that's what they did. Didn't they do that with, um, <clears throat> didn't they do that with the truck race at Michigan when they were like taking really long to finish and they kept coming in during the truck race under the red and they were like, um, you know, if you guys want to start watching the beginning of this baseball game, you guys can go over here. We're going to finish this truck race. We're going to finish this truck race. And then they finished it. Yeah. And switched over coverage. Yeah, I just feel it like it's not good. I feel like it's way less confusing if a Kentucky Derby fan turns on NBC and goes, "Oh wow, there's 20 laps to go. There must be showing the end of this race," and then they'll go to Kentucky. Or you can end up. All you got to do is put a thing at the bottom. Yeah, pre races on NBC It's also an opportunity to sell that Kentucky Derby fan on NASCAR. Yeah. Let them tune yeah. in because it's a great racetrack. It's a great race. It's yeah. a veteran and it's an up and coming guy. It's a perfect storm for you to be able to kind of cross over this two fan bases. And boy, did we f- that up! I don't get it. Oh man! All right. Um, NASCAR releases playoff explanation video with celebrity Mario Lopez comparing the playoffs to is it bocce ball? Yes. Right, bocce. Yep. Um, Brett. 
or yeah, whoever wants. To I, I feel like first. I feel like this is. Uh, I feel like if we were going to take Freddie and have him do a promotion for women's figure skating, and have him do something like this, like I feel like that's about how well this aligns with. with the, the, I didn't even know what bocce ball was until Freddie took me on Tybee Island earlier this summer and we played it. And 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 did you feel like did you feel like you were running a race when we were doing that? <laughs> no, I felt like I drank way too much Michelob Ultra and Fireball, and it was, your, it was too windy. Your bikinis too. It felt absolutely <laughs> nothing like a race. Uh, I don't. I don't. Man, again, you have guys, you have celebrities out there that actually are in tune to the sport and perhaps could give you some really good insight. And instead, we got a Saved by the Bell guy. How's he still hanging on to anything anyway? Don't be talking trash this, about A.C. Slater, this man. Guy no kidding, this guy hasn't been relevant for 30 years. How does he even stay relevant? He's a very, apparently a lot smarter than Zach Morris. Where Where is so, Zach at? Yeah. Playing bocce ball? Yeah. Spot off. I don't get it. I don't – yeah. I mean, I've seen some really good hype videos from NASCAR. Even – I think I just saw one a couple weeks ago, too, for the – the playoffs and it wasn't this one or, or something I definitely wasn't this one and it like i kind of lost track of it was just drawn out like too too drawn out like i didn't understand like i lost interest in it a little bit watching it but um you know that uh, you want to build up uh i didn't really get the build up in it like when i was watching it i was really just trying to find out what, what do you think ball. they paid him what I, what i'm trying to figure out is and somebody's gonna have to tell me this because i literally have no idea what does he do now? Like, is he on a TV show? Is he? Uh, does he do anything? Does anybody know? Here, you want me to look it up? Rerun. I mean, we can. Like, he's on reruns. Like, we're talking about a celebrity. No, he that, like, he does that TV show. Um, well, he used to. I don't know. Saved by it? the Bell was a long no. time ago, bro. <laughs> no, he he hosted a game show or something, yes. didn't you? Like, yes. Like... It was something like that. I mean, I'm I, listen. If you want to get a celebrity, go get Blake Shelton, somebody that knows about Dude, the sport. That guy had uh, Kelly Kapowski and Jesse Spano. <laughs> Okay. So, you know, I, I don't I just don't get like we have so many so many people that I feel like our fans, you know, not even celebrities, go get Richard Petty, go get Dale Inman, got you know, go get Hall, Hall of Famers to explain the playoffs to people. I, I don't get a person that I don't really I mean, I I looked it up and I seen he was he was like the Grand Marshal somewhere one time and he came to a couple races. But and I think this is just the start of it, isn't it, Jason? Like I feel like they said there's, there's going to be yeah. there's going to be a series of celebrities doing this. So that's cool. I mean, keep I'm I'm all I for just, that. Yeah, I just I'm don't all understand for that. I have no, listen, I have played a lot of bocce ball, and the only thing, and a lot of it's been on the beach, and the only thing I can, it's obviously not very athletic. The only thing I can compare it to is, <laughs> I'm drunk when I play bocce ball, and most people are drunk when they watch the races. And that's the only comparison that I can come up with. Well, we wondered what so happened to the guy. We wondered yeah, what happened to the guy ball. that invented Daytona Day. Well, he's back. <laughs> he's, he's, come he's, back. he's come up with this. <laughs> hey, speaking. Mario Lopez hosts that Hollywood Access show. You know what I'm talking about? The like plays yeah. during daytime. Yeah, that's I mean, what he I, does now. Oh, I knew he was doing something, but that you know, I see all guys on there all the time. He's got great hair still. He's way more in shape than us, too. Jason, you're a social guy. What'd you think about it? Let's, uh, let's let you weigh in here. I did a eye roll emo or a gif in response to it. I think they're trying to attract new fans, but posting that video on NASCAR's social platform, that's where people already are in tune to NASCAR. I love what bocce ball was. So, well, like, positive? I get the concept of like trying to grab NASCAR, like new fans using Mario, but bocce ball was like not where they should have went with that. Like, there were so many other things. 
they could have related it to. I but Mario wait. and bocce ball was just like the most random combination you could have come up with. I can't I mean, wait to see how they compared to badminton next week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that or I mean, marble, marble, marble racing is better than that. Show me a slinky <laughs> going down the stairs. I, I, I can get yeah. on board with that. Marble racing is kind of exciting. I know. It's more exciting than bocce ball. Is that the ones where they do it down the beach? Marble racing go. It's like a hundred marbles on this track that you'd have no idea what's going to happen. Only people who won in this whole thing is bocce ball. Yeah, <laughs> is that an Olympic? Sport? I love bocce ball, man. Is it's that an best. Olympic deal? Uh, no, I don't think so. I'm I'm have to look up what bocce it's ball usually like it's, than, it's usually like ninety-five year old people at a at a court, but we've I turned mean, it we've turned it into a beach game. So it's it's is a, it played on sand or grass? It's it's a it's played in pits normally, like uh, oh. like a gravel pit almost. But but you can play anywhere. Yeah. Okay. Next week's video is gonna be croquet well, in playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> so apparently Jason has not. There's been a box sitting next to me for half the show. Jason told me I wasn't allowed to touch it, and the box is from Thomas Dale. Dale that, Thomas. Dale Thomas. <laughs> there's no comma, so it threw me off a little bit there. Dale Thomas. To Dirty Mo Media, so I guess this is for everybody. Nah, it's just DBC. We'll see. Oh, oh yeah. Well, it says DBC on there. Sorry, oh, care of said, DBC. You said Dirty Whoa. Media. Oh. Hey, watch the mic, Freddie. Watch this. Well, this is gonna be a good day. Last time we had bourbon on here, it went pretty well. So oh, got nice. we got some Jack Daniels. Ooh. Jack, of course, this happens when I'm not in studio. Jack Daniels single barrel. Well, there's a chair right next to me. What do you, you mean? Came sat in. I don't know what you've been waiting on. So we got Jack Daniels single barrel. Nice. Part time anyway. So we got. Yeah. Some glasses, I guess. Highball glasses. Highball oh. high glasses. Nice. Is that? I think that's it. But we got a bunch of them here, so we all get a glass. Just, we all get a glass. I'll single barrel, barrel proof. I've never had JD single barrel, barrel proof. We're gonna try I've some. had Jack Daniels, plenty of it. All the, the glasses. What we got here? Clinton drove at Jack Daniels' car. I don't even know how he got out of it. It's oh, got oh, your name on it. Holy cow! Don't break that. Hey, easy. Easy. It says something on the back. Read what it says on the back. While I you guys probably all are going to get one with my name on it. <laughs> he sent it because of me. What's it say on the front? Uh, that's Frosty that's my Glass. Wolf, Ready? Wolf Spirit Tracking LLC. Casey and it's got a picture Casey? of Casey. She ain't going to ever need that. She can't drink bourbon. Did Casey can drink any bourbon. Nah. Chloe be drunk as <laughs> off her, her milk. <laughs> Wolf Spirit Tracking LLC. Look at that. Brett Griffin. Spelled it right, nice. two two T's. Yeah, I was I was figuring for sure mine was gonna be with a Y, but Hannah, you, Hannah, you don't have a glass, honey. Sorry. Hold on, we got we got one more, but I'm assuming it's probably somebody probably in the back Jason. here. Yeah. Well, call. we could just give you Jason. It's a white claw. Dude, Jason, cool, Jason will never drink. I'm 21. It, so. That's a cool logo, 20. man. That is a cool logo. With the wolf. Jason, here you go. Yes. All right, I'm gonna give you guys my that glass. Is, Twenty. You're 21 now, huh? This is yeah, a nice glass. Look at this little wolf back here too. Very nice. Hannah, you can have my glass. I'm going to take the bourbon home. <laughs> Deal. I'm not a big bourbon person anyways. Too young. You'll turn into red wine. I'll grow into it. Yeah, 40 I'm red wine a, and bourbon becomes a thing. I'm not a big bourbon person either. Dale I Thomas like, like red wine. said the bottle and tumblers are from his company, Small Token of Appreciation for the Laughs. Did we, uh, I wonder. Dale, this is uh, nice. He, maybe he, he might have he done a little engraving on this or something. Dale, let me give you my home address. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. That's nice. That's a pretty I bottle. think we should just leave that on the table. Nah. Decoration. That looks good in my bourbon collection. Yeah. It's for everybody on the spread room, this time. TJ. Didn't you get the last gift? That's because it was sent to me. 
This one's this for everybody. We one, can't split this in quarters. This one's on my side of the table. And so. you don't drink yeah. bourbon. <laughs> not not that bourbon. <laughs> I love it. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Uh, I promise it will yeah. not go to waste. Never. Yeah, I don't never, ever, ever go to waste. I'm pretty sure you could send some white ziffin' out here and it wouldn't go to waste. And Dale, we got to tell you what <laughs> wouldn't T- go to waste. We, we wouldn't be. We, we got to tell you what TJ stands for. Dale. TJ's been drinking it's, already. It stands for thanks, Junior. <laughs> so, so that we could actually give this glass. TJ can gift this to Dale Junior for Christmas. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and uh, I'm gonna go ahead and bring my little championship trophy. Earl, in Bar- Earl right Barbin came up with that, not me. I can't take credit. No, Earl's it wasn't listener. Earl. It was uh, who was Topher? It, man? Had to be one of your. No, it was uh, it was somebody on the roof, but it wasn't Earl. Yeah, well, it's still funny. It was funny. Earl would have said, "Thanks, boss." <laughs> so uh, I can't yeah. remember who it was. That was good. Thank you, Dale. Uh, t- what is it, Dale, Dale Thomas? Thomas Dale. 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 Thomas Dale. <laughs> Dale. Dale, yeah. Dale, yeah. Yeah. I love the logo, man. Yeah. That's pretty badass. Hi, we're OfferPad. The new way homes are sold. Go to OfferPad.com, tell us about your home, and we'll send you a great purchase offer. Or, if that's not your style, we can also list your home with tons of free OfferPad services. Free handyman fixes, house cleaning, yard work, and more to get your home show ready. We can even advance renovation costs to maximize your home's value. Whatever way you want to sell, you're sold with OfferPad. Sell your way today at OfferPad.com. All right, guys, it's time to hit the gas, take our Xfinity speed from the track to the studio. So let's jump into our weekly fast lane segment where we're going to ask you guys six questions. Time each of you to see who can answer the fastest and how many you can get right. So, Freddie... You are first up here. Great. Let me know when you're ready. You ready to go? Hold on. Okay, now I'm ready. (laughs) All right. Oh, which number cautioned above a ring out? Five. Four. When was the last year Kevin Harvick finished outside the top ten at Darlington? 2019. Twelve. Which junior motorsports car finished the highest uh, in the Xfinity Series race? 25% chance. Uh, Michael Nett. 0% chance. Which is the largest and deepest ocean in the world? The Atlantic. Pacific. Which wide receiver holds the record for most touchdowns in a single season? Randy Moss. Oh, that was yeah. my guess, Marshall too. University. Got mossed. <laughs> Which? Uh, how many stripes are on the American flag? Thirteen. Two out of six. One for each colony. Look at Freddie go. <laughs> Guess what right, colony Brian, wasn't in the original yep. thirteen colony? Randy must have been playing against Bernard. All right, hey, you it's three a, Yankees. He's a patriot. I knew who picked the questions. <laughs> you, you three Yankees. Guess which colony wasn't in the which? Guess which state wasn't sure origi- that, one of the original that, thirteen? Probably that we went to this weekend. New yeah. York was not one of the original thirteen colonies. <laughs> Welcome to down here where the thirteen started. The best thirteen. Sorry, Anna. Go. I'm not going to get any of these right. I'm just going to go ahead and all. Yeah, Brett, you're up first. Ready? You want to make your own questions here or what? (laughs) Where did Clint Boyer finish in stage two? Ninth. Which playoff driver finished the lowest at Darlington? Steven Nendetto. Blaney. How many laps did Xfinity Series race winner Brandon Jones lead? One. Oh, my gosh. Two. See, it wasn't right. All right, I'm, I'm dumb. My bad. Which is the only continent where spiders don't exist? 
South America. Oh, uh, my God. Iceland. Uh, Antarctica. Antarctica. It's too cold up there. <laughs> I missed that. Uh, which running back holds the record for most rushing touchdowns in a single season? Barry Sanders. O.J. Simpson. Well, Denny and Tomlinson. Oh, I wouldn't have got that right. Yeah. Uh, how many wisdom teeth does the average human have? Four. All right, you tied Freddy. Two out of six. Throwing darts right here, I boys. Got three right. <laughs> Playing some bocce ball right here. <laughs> All right, TJ. Where did Joey Logano place in stage one? Seven. Which non-playoff driver finished in the top ten? Uh, don't know. Jones. Who led the most laps in the Xfinity Series race? Um, Danny. Briscoe. Hmm. Uh, Mount Everest is included in which mountain range? What is it? Mount Everest was included. Is included in which mountain range? I don't know. The Appalachian. No. <laughs> I don't know. Himalayas. Who has thrown the most touchdowns in an NFL season? Oh, Peyton Manning. For the and win. how many sisters does Ariel have in The Little Mermaid? Three. Six. So all of you got two. Great job, boys. We're going to go to the tiebreaker. So it's you have to guess the closest number to the question Hannah will read. Whoever's closest to this number gets it. So we'll go in that same order. Yep. How many bones are in the adult human body? So, Freddie, go first. 208. That's a bony sum right there. Two, 112. Um, 150. Freddie wins it. It was 206. Bony son wow. of a thought <laughs> Isn't this like the price is right if you go over? <laughs> No wonder I'm in pain. No wonder I'm in pain. I don't think Freddie has that many. His are just bigger. (laughs) (laughs) Bigger structure. (laughs) I just kicked your asses again. What's that, like 17 weeks in a row now? Was that bone a straight guess or did you? No, no, I I thought it was. I I honestly thought it was 208. I was close, though. What was the answer? 206. He boned you, TJ. Yeah. (laughs) Freddie was one short. (laughs) All 200 of them. Imagine that feeling. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. We're always thinking fast on DBC, and so was Martin Truex Jr. because he had this week's Xfinity fastest lap at Darlington. You know something else that's fast? Xfinity X5. And it's more than speed, TJ, too. It's reliable, it's secure, you're safe and connected throughout your entire home. Speaking of Xfinity, follow at Xfinity Racing on Twitter and stay connected with exclusive behind-the-scenes NASCAR content. Shout out to Xfinity, premier partner of NASCAR and our podcast. Looks like we have a returning guest on the line. Former NFL safety Bernard Pollard Jr. is back to talk some NASCAR with us. Let's get him on. What'd you have? Hey, Your radio which come one up of y'all suckers said I got bad internet? Hey, hey, one, the one here. you were FaceTime. The one you were talking to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to punch him right in the lip. Yeah, do that. That's right. <laughs> got to come off that pitch and play and get you some better Wi-Fi. Oh, what's that? Oh, he said you're scared. He said you're scared. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
I, I thought you were going to want to fight me still after Daytona. Jeez. I mean, I was reading no, on bro, Twitter you wanted, to, you wanted to fight the 22 car and all this stuff, man. I'm like, geez, what we do? We got hit. Nah, he, you were right. He running hey, us. Hey, everybody could have got it. And Denny Hamlin, and Denny Hamlin getting punched in the throat, too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going with you. <laughs> I got your back if he gets a good shot in, all right? <laughs> oh, he ain't getting a good I shot in. Say, I, think, I think Bernard might be okay. Well, I'll be there for moral, moral support. I'll be there. <laughs> Bernard, the only way to make this fair is you have to fight the whole team. You can't just fight one guy. <laughs> Hey, let's get it, baby. No, they all I, get it. I knew he was going to say that, and I still got him. <laughs> all right, man. So you, you obviously, uh, we we got a lot of great reviews, man. When you were on our podcast last time, uh, we appreciate you coming back. Number one, <laughs> I, I got to say, man, your hashtag Blackdale Junior. Man, really trips me the f- out every time I read that. Uh, but but having watched these playoff races um, and having been offered a chance to drive to forty eight next year, I saw your contract offer on that. Like, what do you think about this playoff so far? I know we're only at one race in, but what you thinking? Okay, so first of all, this is all crazy. So I didn't when I looked at the uh, the uh, lineup when I saw almost forty cars, I was like, okay, I'm confused because somebody said it was sixteen. So that's what threw me off. And I mean, to see all 40 cars racing and to know that one of the 16 that are, you know, going for the playoffs can potentially be bumped or, you know, wrecked by one of those cars, that's shocking to me. Um, but, you know, other than that, man, it was it was all the char- – like, I'm seriously – and I think I said this. I was talking to somebody after the race. I am still pissed off that I'm just now learning about this sport it is freaking crazy, man. It's a lot of fun. Man, I mean, I can't wait for things to for you to attend a race and I want I can't wait for you to go up by the fence one time and watch you don't really understand how fast these guys are going on TV. I want you need to go up by the fence and let one of yeah. these cars go by you. I don't care if it's Richmond, you're going to be like holy cow, that car is. And I I'm really um I really cannot wait for a ride along. I want to see how you do a ride along and <laughs> you know go with one of these guys. Um, I cannot wait for that. That's gonna be gold. I, I can't. I'm. Not, I told y'all before, man. I'm not doing a ride alone. Man. Oh, I'm, I'm no, gonna <laughs> We're I gonna can't. have to talk you into it, man. <laughs> Listen, we, I've, I've already talked to Bubba. Bubba said he won't go that fast. He promised. So I mean, you can trust him. That's, yeah, that's, right. that's, that's kind of normal for Bubba, Bernard. That's kinda, <laughs> that'll be him driving normal. <laughs> hey, Bro, what? If, bad ball, what if you do? A, if you do a ride along, we'll let we'll let you get a shot of Freddie going across the middle catching a ball. I'll throw Whoa. a ball to Freddie across the middle. You get to light him up, <laughs> and then you do a ride along. That's this, fair. This, hey, I swear. Hey, if, if we if we put on pads, I swear to you, I'll do it. No, wait a minute. <laughs> he's he's saying he'll put on pads and get in a race car. Oh, okay. I thought he was going to say if we could put on pads and light me up. That's not happening. <laughs> I was all for that, too. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, Freddie, you, you got to go try to catch a ball across the middle. I'll hit you, and yeah. then I'll do it right along. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, he's in. He's in. Freddie's already, got, wear, Freddie's already got his pads on I'm, today, Bernard. I'm wearing my pads right now. He's getting <laughs> I mean, can I mean – can I triple up on the padding by any chance? I mean, damn. You already got I mean, that, too. I mean, hey, I mean, I'm in. I mean, hell with it. So, so Bernard, like, yeah, here's hey, – let's, let's get it. 
here's here's where I've been on this whole playoff thing for the last few years, right? So we accumulate playoff points even during our regular season, right? So it would be the equivalent of you guys scoring a touchdown and you get your six points, and you get one point, you get to carry over into the postseason. And then the postseason rolls around and you're sitting on this bank of points, right? So when you go look at the point standings, you're going to see Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin, uh, not Mark Truex Jr. anymore because he wrecked himself, but like they have kind of advanced a lot further at the top of the standings. Like, can you imagine a system in the NFL? And I know you get a buy, I know you get home field advantage, but can you imagine a system that almost locks you into the Super Bowl before the playoffs even start? Because that's essentially what we think the 11 and the 4 team have. Dude, so that couldn't work. I, that, that strategy, that, that format, it could not work in football. This, I mean, this is where, like I said, I'm still confused at on how the whole playoff thing worked. Now, y'all said Truex uh, Jr., which he did, he wrecked himself. So he's out of the playoffs, but he still can race, though, right? No, he's, he's not out. in the playoffs. So, so yeah. every all 16 teams are still in the playoffs until we run Bristol. And after Bristol, we're going to reset, and then we're going to have 12 teams in the playoffs. Then we're going to run three more races, and we're yeah. going to have eight teams in the playoffs. Then we're going to run three more races, and then we're going to go to one race, which is Phoenix, the finale, where only four drivers are eligible and the highest finishing one wins. You follow me yet? <laughs> We eliminate we eliminate four teams. We eliminate four guys after every round, and it's three races per round. So you got to go and be really consistent and really good. If you win, you lock yourself in. So it makes us all try to win the race, but you got to be smart about it too. So look, his uh, head hurts. Listen, this, I am lost. <laughs> I know you're lost right now, but um, when did we implement the playoffs? What year? Okay, before 2014. It was you just got your points all year. We would we would know there's probably only two guys running for the championship right now already the way this season's going, and it would be those right. two guys. A lot of times we we knew who the champion was going to be before the last race of the season. Now we go right. into the last race of the season, and there's four guys that can walk out of there with a championship. So it makes it super and super tense for them guys. I've been involved in it. It's nerve wracking. It's 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 like it's tough, man. Now there's these next two months of racing are going to be. Every race matters. Every position matters. These guys are driving um, very, very tense and, and, and cutthroat, man. It's tough. So this is what it creates. So, okay, so right now we will say the top guys are uh, Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin, correct? Yeah, yeah. until you throat punch him, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so those top guys, so when it comes to, so as you guys are saying, every race from here on out, they're accumulating points. Correct. Yeah, yeah. The playoff points too. So, playoff points. So the sixteen cars that are in the playoffs, those sixteen cars want to get as many points as they can. Yes. While we're okay. That's why the okay. stage points matter all year as well. That's why you see guys going for stage points all year. It makes us try hard for them points, and and um, you know, it, it makes it makes every position really important all year. So it makes these guys. It puts pressure on them to get those stage points. Be you know, be very aggressive and stuff like that because that's why it's that's why you see guys that are really hard to pass. Um, Ryan Newman made it deep into the playoffs. He made it to Homestead. He made it to Homestead because he was super hard to pass, and he came out of there didn't he had really decent. He didn't win any races, but he had solid finishes of probably what right. seventh to tenth, something like that. And uh, you race for every single point, and that put him in the championship round. He and he he was fast too, so. Yeah. 
It's also why you. It's a big deal. Like you seen Ryan Blaney the other night had a bad night, yeah. And now he went from he's on the outside of the top sixteen, uh, top twelve. So we have sixteen guys now. Your goal is in the next two races, you got to be in the top twelve or you're eliminated. So now you know he's got to dig himself out of that hole he made for himself. So it's a big deal if you see one of these playoff guys have a bad night. There's a good chance they've taken themselves out of contention. Like we talk about the playoff points though. So Kevin Harvick has, I don't even know, 60-something playoff points probably. So he right. just carries them over every round. So he basically, he would have to do something drastically bad to not make it to Phoenix the last race. If he wrecks twice, he's going to, I yeah, mean, but he'd have still, to have like two I mean, wrecks. He'd I mean, almost have to have two, three wrecks, really. Yeah. Um, but he's earned it. He's earned all them yeah, points he, all year. You know what I mean? He, has, earned he has not earned the right to go to Phoenix no, it's, based on what he did. But, and this is what I was asking Bernard. If you could imagine having such a great regular season that it automatically qualifies you for the Super well, it's, Bowl. It's like the equivalent of, you know, okay, you had you had, you had went undefeated this year. You won all your games. So, you know what? We're going to give you a 20-point lead to start the AFC championship game. And now, <laughs> now you know, all right, now let them try and catch you. You know, it's, it's I mean, it, it's just – I don't know. I'm all for it getting into the playoffs, but I, I don't think it should carry all the – you know, the first round should be based off, yes, all the playoff points. Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin, they've absolutely earned basically a bye into the second round. Right. But they, so you're they saying don't, after they, Bristol it should be reset to yes, zero. like just – not I'm reset to zero. Just continue – like don't reset them and or take start points. fresh yes. in round one. Just, keep, just continue to accumulate points, but – you know, just start fresh yeah. off around one. Don't reset everybody again back to you know back to their playoff points in the next round. So Bernard, too, so, if if we win, if, we, if for example, if the fourteen car Clint Boyer wins this weekend, I'm automatically in round two. That's where it gets okay. really tricky, right? So when we go into the final three races before Phoenix, whoever wins in those final three races prior to Phoenix are automatically locked in. So we could essentially see three guys go in on wins and one guy go in on points, right? So okay. so it, it, it gets really tricky. But here's the reality of the situation. How many guys have you seen win races this year since you've been watching? Mainly two or three guys. Like, it yes. ain't a lot of guys. That's how hard it is to win these things, right? So, so, so the reality is we expect to see those same guys that have been winning continue to win. That's why it's such a struggle for those of us who can't win. And I've been on one of those teams this year uh, where you're trying to accumulate all those points and just try to keep surviving, man. But one bad race – for a Clint Boyer, and he's out of the next round if he doesn't win. A guy like Harvick and a guy like Truex and a guy like Hamlin, they're sitting on those points to where they're just they're they're pretty much guaranteed to keep going through. This this kind of oh. happened in 2018. There was three guys that were winning all races. It was Truex, um, Kyle, and um, Harvick. They called them the big three. And then we got in. Right. We we won Martinsville, which is two races before Homestead. He Wrecked Truex to do it. We moved Martin Truex out of the way <laughs> in the last corner to win that race. Martin was already locked into Homestead, basically. He was going to race in Homestead for a championship. We weren't. We go to we go to next week in Phoenix, we blow a tire, and we DNF the race. If we don't win that race before, we're not going to Homestead, which we ultimately won Homestead and won the championship that year. But um, it, this is why winning is, like, everything now. Like, you, you guys, this is, like, this is what it matters. But it, you can have a guy, like – Man, you can have a guy that's not like Clint Boyer. He could be the next to last round, win win a race, and he's locked in. He could go he could go to Martinsville and win that race and lock himself into Homestead for a championship. So this is kind of I mean, it's 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 pressure packed and and tense times. So so for you, Bernard, in the playoffs, like I know regular season, man, you guys are out there risking your your bodies and your minds and, and you're training hard and watching film and working your butts off. Does it truly ramp up? in the playoffs for you guys or do you just keep doing your same routine and treat it like another game you got to win 
Well, I mean, you're going to have the same. You're going to have the same mentality. Uh, but the game speeds up. Uh, you have to understand that you know it's win or go home. Uh, so the mistakes they have to be small. You know, the, the mental, uh, the, the mental errors, uh, the missed assignments you can't have. So if you had ten in week. 16 you can really only afford to really have four because you're never going to play a perfect game so i think when it when it when it comes down to where i'm trying to put all of this with racing and trying to understand it so as you guys are talking about points so you said kevin harvick will have to wreck three times in order to either lose point he's gonna have to have something really bad happen mm, to screw him up. yeah three times okay does he lose points if if he wrecked so he just doesn't earn any. He doesn't earn any, but the reality is that when the okay. round resets, he gets back all those playoff points that he accumulated earlier in the year. So if he makes it to the next round, he automatically gets to keep keep carrying over those points that are going to carry him to the next round, if that makes sense. Uh-oh. There you go. His, well, inter- his internet got good. I think he said his kid. what did he say? His kids are on doing school? Am I back? You're back. back. Dude, freaking internet. This, this online schooling is killing me. It's killing me. <laughs> it's killing all of us. <laughs> It's it, it true. <laughs> I know the feeling, man. Uh, Dillner, right. This is Dillner's fault this time. Our backup producer over here just <laughs> dropped the ball. Oh, <laughs> that wasn't my fault? No, you nah, good. Nah, wasn't you. Oh, okay. Well, I just yelled, I just yelled at my kids. <laughs> Way to go, Dillner. <laughs> he said he yelled at his kids because of you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what else, man? What else has been going on? Uh, what, what, like, what else? What other questions you got? You've been watching these races. Uh I mean, I've seen people, you know, asking people about the playoffs, getting to them. But, you know, what else you got? Do So, I mean, as you guys know, I'm still learning about this sport. So, I'm, I'm blown away. Now, I know I talked with you guys uh, before about how it happens as far as you guys with your job being spotters and uh, somebody can come in lower and things of that nature. But I am blown away on how a driver can be competing this year and already have a deal with another um, racing organization for to race another number next year. Like that's how how is that not tampering? <laughs> like it's a good question, we man. Saw, we we have, I mean we've had it in the past where Brett's driver actually announced his deal and had to drive a car for a whole season, right? Like you and yeah. he announced that he was going to replace Tony Stewart, but Tony had a year left that he was going to run before he retired. So Clint actually drove another car for an entire season when he knew eventually he was just yeah. going to get into 14. So and it wasn't a good car. It was either. not a good car. He did not have fun. The most miserable I've ever seen Brett so, in my So what happens, now. Bernard, is our contracts here, – here's the problem with us, man, right? So, so we start in February, and we race till November. So from the business side, if we waited till November to try to go out and get a job, we'd be screwed because we got to sell a sponsorship for millions of dollars in order to have a job. Then we got to go get the driver. Like if we waited until Thanksgiving to do that, and then eight weeks later, man, we're back racing. So we don't have time logistically to do all that. So the owners own the rights to the driver for a calendar year, okay? But then there's going to come a contract date. Let's just say it's July 15th. They're going to try to lock Bernard Pollard up by July 15th to drive this race car. But if they can't, then you're allowed to go talk to other teams after July 15th to go work on your future. And they have to do the same thing, right? Have we seen tampering happen? Yes. I was involved in a lawsuit back in the day uh, with a driver that his contract was tampered with, and we did sue that driver, and we did sue another owner. We had a big mess over it. But it was because we hadn't reached that date yet to where they were able to go out and, and, and talk to each other. So, like, when I see, you know, DeAndre Hopkins signs a $42 million contract, of which he represented himself, like – 
he's doing all that stuff for his next season. We can't wait till our season is over to do that. Mm, okay. But it's, a lame, but it's a lame duck situation because now you got a driver like Eric Jones that's in the 20 car. He knows he's out at the end of the year. Okay, He doesn't know where he's going to go. His team knows that he's out at the end of the year. They know who is coming into that car. It's Christopher Bell who's currently in the 95. So like, it is really weird, man, to be on these teams where you're so invested in one another and then you find out these things and you're like, well, where's my driver's head at? Or if you're the driver, it's wonder where my crew chief's head's at. Is he already talking to next year's driver? Like it, it is super, super hard to be in those situations. And, it, and unfortunately, it's all the time here. And it's like, and another thing about it is, so now Eric Jones, he's not getting all the information that he probably needs. You know, I mean, it'd be like you going out, all right, I'm going to leave the Colts and go to the Ravens in the middle of the year. Well, you're not getting invited to the defensive meetings anymore. You know what I mean? Like you're, they're not going to tell you their scheme. You know what I mean? So. So, you know, these guys aren't – Wait, what? Yeah, like he's not getting – they're not telling him everything they're doing. You know, he's getting in and driving the car, but I'm imagining that they're, he's not getting all the latest and greatest information. No. Because I mean, it might be in his car, but he doesn't know him, about it. They don't want him to take that knowledge of what they're doing and take it to another team and use it to get them better. Like, you're, you, don't, you know what I mean? So he's going to probably stop getting some invites to the team meetings and stuff on what setup stuff they're running. Um I don't know what I'll – I don't know. I don't he, know. He's he, been – in your terms, he's still playing the game, but he can't see the playbook anymore. Dang. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, so so for you guys, so as you guys are spotters and, and, and you're dealing with these drivers, so do you guys know when the organization is looking to make that decision? Or let's say you develop a relationship with the driver. And now, you know, as far as like, so T, you're a spotter. You, you guys are you guys are up high, and and you know how this driver works. You know how he thinks. Y'all commute. Y'all communication. Everything is there. So when they bring in a new driver, how long does it take you guys to kind of you know gel so you understand him and he understands you and and and, and that thing that camaraderie is there. How long does that take? I mean, most of us are kind of connected to the driver. When the driver finds out something that he's making a change or, you know, when the driver finds out he's doing, might be doing something different, he a lot of time communicates with us because most of us um, are linked to a driver. Like once you get with that guy, you, you kind of build a relationship with him and they like to take you just because they're comfortable with you and they know everything. You, you, you guys worked with each other. You trust each other or he trusts you mainly. But a lot of, like if he finds out something, a lot of times, you know, he, he like I was in a unique situation. My guy was retiring. Um, when I worked with uh, the the Dale, when I worked with Dale Jr., the White Dale Jr., <laughs> he <laughs> he was retiring, so I had to find okay, my guy is quitting. I need to go find another guy that I can work well with, and uh, that guy happened to be Joey. So I had a couple of opportunities, but uh, decided to work with Joey. And but it's it's a tough situation, man. A lot of here, here's the deal, man. Like Freddie's sitting here, he spots for Bubba Wallace right now. How many years you spotted for Bubba Wallace, Freddie? Uh, ten. Ten years. Okay, so Freddie's at Roush Racing. Uh, Roush Racing fires their spotter, and they bring Freddie in to do Greg Biffle, who is a very accomplished race car driver. But the driver didn't want a new spotter. Now Freddie's got a huge relationship with Bubba Wallace. Ultimately, that's where he wants to be in the Cup Series. That's where he's at now. Things are kosher there. But Freddie gets thrown into a scenario where the driver didn't want a new spotter. Freddie, how'd that go? Miserable. It's just, it was it, you know, it was you know and, and it it wasn't Greg's a great guy. Like I you know it what it just Greg had had a spotter for 15 years or so, right? What was I mean Joel was with forever. him forever. And the, the the spotter and the crew chief didn't get along, so they made a change and Greg didn't want it. So now 
like he's like here you got freddie and i'm like well this is great like now i'm the guy that's got to replace the guy that he trusts more than anybody and it just didn't go right. well you know like it's kind of you know he like would nitpick every little detail so you just can't build that camaraderie where you you feel comfortable but like you said now i'm in the middle of this with bubba and like you talk about you know what's like i've been with bubba for 10 years and now bubba's obviously in a contract year and there's a lot of rumors about where he's going i've had no communication with the team about what's going on all I've talked to is Bubba about potential options, where we might go, where if we're going to stay. You know, he'll keep me updated so that I know that where because more than likely I'm going to end up wherever Bubba ends up. If it's back at the 43, if it's if it's at a new team, you know, the 42 or 48 or whoever, you know, I, more than likely Bubba will do everything he can to bring me with him. So so that you you like TJ said, you build the relationships with the drivers in anticipation that the driver is going to keep you around no matter what, and then if that driver goes away. Then you're kind of out on your own trying to figure out, you know, where I can go next. You know, Brett's in a, in a kind of similar situation where, you know, he's been with Clint for, as I don't know, how long have you been with Clint? Eight years probably. Yeah. Yeah. So now Clint's at a point where he may retire. He may, you know, he may retire and go to TV. He may do another year or two. So now Brett's got to decide, do I want to keep doing this with Clint? If Clint retires, do I want to keep doing this with somebody else? So it's all just, it's really based on the driver. And then if we lose that driver, you know, then, then you got to make, start making decisions. It'd be like the quarterback gelling with an offensive coordinator somewhere, I guess. Maybe, you know, you know how some quarterbacks work really well with some offensive coordinators and they just right. it's kind of like quarterback goes somewhere or the offensive coordinator then he brings that quarterback there. Like that a lot of backups especially. You see a lot of backups follow where where the where the Yeah, like you see I've been seeing a lot like Adam Gase is bringing a lot of people into the Jets that I've seen work with him, you know, before just cuz he knows them and understand they understand they understand each other. So so like our world, we've dealt with COVID pretty damn well, Bernard. Like we we've not really had any major hiccups. We've seen obviously uh, a superstar Jimmy Johnson miss a race. We've seen the Daytona 500 champion Austin Dillon have to miss a race. Outside of that, we've been very fortunate. Are you hearing anything out of the NFL as to how in the heck this is really going to go? Because we're in a survivor pool here at DBC, <laughs> an NFL survivor pool, and I need to know if you got any insight on which teams I need to pick in week one here. <laughs> Dude, so look, I don't know how they're going to deal with this this whole situation. Um, not having fans at games, I, I tell people all the time. I, I don't, especially with your outdoor teams. I don't know why they just didn't put uh, glass casing or, or glass walls at the bottom of the bowls, um, and just don't allow fans. You know, pregame uh, on the field, don't allow fans after the game. Uh, to be in the tunnels and things of that nature. But but to remove fans from the game, I don't think that's going to stop COVID because at the end of the day, you're not you, these football players are not in a bubble. So they're still living life. They're still going to bars. They're still going to restaurants. They're still doing things with family. So they're still out there in the world. So to remove fans from it, uh, to say, okay, well, fan is going to give us COVID by coming to a game when everything that's being said is going straight up because you're in an outdoor stadium, I, I just don't, you know, I don't agree necessarily with that now. The, the, the dilemma, I think, is with the indoor teams, you know, as far as these dome teams that don't have retractable roofs and things of that nature. I think that can be a, uh, something. But, I, I mean, I don't it, – it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, I, th- I think they've done a good job. Uh, one player just actually tested positive, and they put him back on the COVID list. Um, so, you know, you're going to run into this situation. Uh, so you we, you just got to hope that – so whoever's infected doesn't infect the rest of the team. Um, you want to remove them quickly. Uh, and then when these vaccines come out – some of these suckers going to have to take them. Somebody's going to have to test it out and see, you know, what's going <laughs> on. But uh, it, it's going to be interesting, man. But, you know, I, I agree with you, B. I thought that NASCAR is doing an outstanding job, you know, with with dealing with the, the 
positive cases and they've, you know, moved on. They've gotten, you know, drivers in there. Uh, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm in total agreement with you, but as far as to help you out to see who's doing whatever, football is going to be awful. So for y'all who are looking for some good football, it's going to be some ugly football for the first <laughs> In games of the year. I'm a Bills fan. I'm used to that stuff, man. (laughs) Don't don't you think we see more missed tackles than ever, more injuries than ever? Because, I mean, the guys can't be in the shape like they were earlier, right? Well, yeah, you're you're, going to – I mean, the the missed tackles are going to come. But, you know, we're not only talking about missed tackles. We're not only talking about injuries. I think it's going to be an all-time high. you got guys – uh, rupturing Achilles already. Uh, you saw Von Miller uh, just did his. Um, somehow messes Achilles up. But guys, guys didn't prepare. The NFL is so young right now. There's a lot of young players. So when COVID hit, guys were just doing fast things at home, you know, with their trainers. Nobody extended their workouts. Nobody did long things to push their bodies. So as, as the league is young, you're going to see them do young things. You're going to see them make Rookie mistakes. Rookies didn't get the the, the time that they should have gotten with um, with with OTAs, with off season workouts, with off season training. Um, they didn't get that time. So now teams trying to rush it. It's the product on the football field is going to be awful, uh, simply because they just didn't have time. And I don't think they handled it well. And I think they understand they didn't handle it well uh, at the same time too. So I, I just when you look at missed assignments, guys are going to understand the playbooks. These teams have had literally. Four weeks, I think, to install plays. So plays are going to be bad. You're going to see mess-ups by defenses. You're going to see plays where you're going to be limited uh, offensively because they just didn't have the time to install. Um, so I truly believe it's going to be some ugly football for the first eight to ten games of the year. Right, we're going to put you on the spot before we let you go. Super Bowl champ, NASCAR Cup champion. you got to pick them both. Who are you going with? Man. Um, you say Danny Ham, I'm going to throat punch you. <laughs> 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 but look, hey, y'all have said that the top three drivers, and I mean, I've been watching this thing for what five and a half, six months now, and it's been Denny, it's been Kevin. Um, you've seen Martin up there. I mean, I, I, just off what I've seen, and I guess I I want to ask you this question as well after I answer your questions. I, I got to go with Kevin Harvick, um, and then for football, ugh, it's some, it's going to be some ugly ball. I I, I don't know. I, I really, I honestly don't know. Who to pick just because everybody's so young. I, 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 maybe uh, Dallas. I like Dallas. I, I said I was going to pick Dallas at the beginning, at the end of the year last year. So I'm going to go with Dallas. All right. Somebody cut this guy's microphone off. Uh, yeah, you've been talking to Brett. That's his team, man. <laughs> I agree. Uh, man, speaking of Dallas real quick here, I played against a guy online last couple weeks, and they, I line up and I see the the – Dak Prescott has that star. I'm like, how th- is he really a, a superstar game changer? Come on, man. Uh, T, I'm, you know what? He's a good quarterback. Um, I don't think he's a top five quarterback in the league. Um, Dak is is gambling, as as we all know, he's gambling on himself. Uh, yeah, you know, to, I, that's, to I perfectly agree with that. But come on, man, right. a star already? Jeez. I, yeah, I, I mean, he's a good quarterback. I, I don't know what. Don't know if he's a starter. Does he have that next like, level though? You know, like that. That you know. No, I, I, I would say no. But I mean, in today's football, bro, as we've seen, every quarterback, if you just if you just line up and just take the snap, you're going to make 150 million dollars. And that <laughs> yeah, that's right. Awesome. I'm going to show what, you Josh, you, Ar- Josh you Allen's arm strength what, next time we play. <laughs> What'd you say you wanted to ask us about? So okay, so with as. I know we've all talked about, you know, 
racing and some teams, you know, they do things differently. And, and as we all said, we've seen Denny Hamlin, we've seen Kevin Harvick consistently be up there at the top. And I guess I'm asking you guys, because you guys are there with the teams, you guys are there with the, the engineers and everybody who kind of put these cars and things together. Why is it, as we see, is it really the driver? I know the driver is, is doing a great job. Like, Kevin Harvick is a beast as far as a driver. But his car, what he's able to produce, the product that he's putting on the track, the, the product that they're putting on the track, why is it, I think I asked this before, why is it not a copycat lead when it comes to that, when his the performance of his car, the Denny Hamlin's, the Martin Truex Jr.'s, the Logano car is fast, but then we look at, okay, well, the longevity of the, you know, race, like what's happening towards the end, you know what I mean? Like, how does all of that work? I mean, so every, all these crew chiefs have their own, they've all gotten to this level because they've been probably champions at some in some form or another, or, or really good um, getting there, but they have their ideas. Everyone kind of has their own ideas, I'd say. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's based a lot of it. A lot of it is driver related because you can't obviously Clint Boyer and Kevin Harvick are on the same team, but you can't just copycat what Clint, what Kevin Harvick has in his race car and give it to Clint Boyer because they're Clint won't like the way Kevin's car drives. Maybe, you know, you, you it's easy to say, well, just give me, just give me what he's got. You know what I mean? But, but if, right. if, if Kevin likes to drive a car way that's set up way tighter than what Clint likes, then Clint's not going to be, he's not going to be able to go fast with that setup. So, and you see that, that's why, you know, teammates, you know, but, and, and, and the biggest thing is these crew chiefs are smart. Like Rodney Childers, one of the best crew chiefs we got. Uh, Gabe Hart's been hitting on all cylinders this year and they all have little things that they can do that maybe their teammates don't know about to find a little bit of speed somewhere that maybe outside the rules a little bit. Like we had a Cole Pern on here, uh, which was Martin Truex crew chief for when he won his championships. And he said, yeah, you show up with, with 10 illegal things in your car, hoping that they only find three of them. So, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're, you're pushing the limits and some of these crew chiefs might have a little bit more than other guys, but, but just it's a lot of it is, and we, we said on here, uh, fan X thus, you know, who do we think the practice, not the lack of practice is going to benefit. And I think across the board, we were like Kevin Harvick, you know, just the, the way that guy races and the way yeah. him and Rodney like that, we just knew right off the gate that they were going to come out strong and they have obviously, but like just, just looking at it, it's a lot based on a driver because you need the package to work. You can't, it's not as easy as just saying, all right, Kevin Harvick's got this fastest setup. Let's just put it in, in Clint Boyer's car and now we're kind car. But here's, here's what the driver's experience too. And that's who I've had the most relationships with over my career here. They'll say, well, Bernard, we're going to give you the exact same setup, but we're going to do this with the track bar and this with the right front spring. You don't always get the engineers and the crew chiefs to buy into the exact same setup. Like they're trying to make it, they're trying to make it compensate for the driving style differences between Kevin Harvey and Clint Boyer. And that's hard to do, man. You, you know, Clint's obviously with a first year crew chief with himself, uh, not, not Johnny's first year, but their first year together. Like it takes a little while to gel a lot of times to figure out what makes you go fast and what the drivers don't like. And you look at Rodney and Kevin, they're one of the few that got together for the first year and set the world on fire. That doesn't happen very often. Plus the lack here. of practice, lack of practice with a new crew chief. Like we have a new crew chief this year too. And you know, after every practice, they go in that truck and talk about what them for changes hours. did for hours. Yeah, even at night they go over each other's motorhomes and talk about it. We are missing all of that. So you take a guy like Rodney wow. and Kevin that have been together for years, they already know what each other's thinking. They already know what – Rodney knows how to adjust that car. You know, me and you get on iRacing, you drive one of them cars. It's so loose for you to drive. You can't drive it. But I get on there and I'm like, man, I like this setup just because we have different driving styles. That's what – Freddie was saying you just can't take a guy's setup and put another guy's car and expect him to be fast with it as well. But it's also 
just the whole team, man. You got to be gelled together at one and understand each other. And missing practice has hurt some of them guys for that. Well, before we let you go, I got to ask you about this iRacing deal because I see a lot of fans tweet at us that we, they get in a race with you and, and I'm getting screenshots all over the place. Look, Bernard's in this practice. So, so how's it going, man? I seen a couple, you know, it started off pretty good. Then you were pissed off. People were wrecking you. So, so where are we at right now? Look, man, I'm having a blast. Uh, I, I'm enjoying it. And I got to tell you guys, uh, Daytona is by far that, that <laughs> watching that and then racing it on, on, on the rig. That is an outstanding, like, that's a great track. I loved it. It was it was fun to watch um, the racers, the, the real cup drivers, and then just to race on here. I'm having a blast. Um, I've been a little hesitant uh, because of the points. I don't want to lose points. Uh, we're in Phoenix right now. So uh, I've been hesitant. To, you know, like, I've been practicing. Um, but, man, I'm, ha- I'm seriously, I'm, I'm having a blast. And it just, you know what, a lot of people are like, man, like, Bernard, this fake. You know, you're not. You're not real about this. I'm, look, y'all need to look at this. I'm in my office. I no longer have a desk in my office. <laughs> Over here, I have my diecast, my diecast collection. Literally, I mean, dude, I have this is real as it gets. And I mean, look, I love the fact that you guys are inviting me on here. I love the fact to hear y'all stories because it's giving me better a better understanding of how this world works. Now, do I understand it all? No, I don't. Uh, but I take what you guys are telling me and how your car is loose and things of that nature. I literally, I get here and practice it. When I see a, a driver doing things on a on a track, I, I go and try to do it. And I try to, like, mimic some of these guys. And, and uh, man, and I mean, I'm, I'm kind of to the point where,